All conversations and information exchanged during What If Nothing's Wrong podcast with Heidi Haddad, LCSW, are intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Please do not confuse this with treatment, therapy, or psychotherapeutic advice or guidance. The information on these podcasts is supplemental and not meant to interfere with the therapeutic work between you and your professional therapist, counselor, or psychiatrist. Please understand that Heidi Haddad does not maintain the role of your psychotherapist, but rather offers an educated, professional perspective from that of a licensed clinical social worker. When your anxiety is crippling and you're stuck inside your head, find your joy, find your joy. When your man won't touch you, but you want to have a baby, find your joy, find your joy. When you're walking down the street and you get punched in the face, find your joy, find your joy. When you want to fire a bazooka at your neighbor's barking dog, find your joy, find your joy. Find your joy, find your joy. Hey, Nelsie. Good morning. Good morning, Heidi. How top are you? Top of the morning to you. Top of the morning. Oh, top of the morning to you. How the heck are you, Heidi Haddad? Um, wow, I didn't know that was a tough question. <laughs> you want to get back to me? You want to do some Could research? Could you start with something easier? Could you just What's your ease favorite me color? into What's it? What's your favorite color? Ease me into it. It's too much. That's also. How about we just start with how are you doing? Or how about this? What are you noticing, Nelsie? I'm noticing red glasses. Oh. Oh, by the way, welcome to What If Nothing's Wrong. Oh, yeah. That's Nelsie. <laughs> and that's Heidi. And this Hi. is the podcast Hi. where we ask the question, what if nothing's wrong? So like uh, I asked you, how how are you? And that seemed like too hard of a question. So do you want to ask me how I am? I just did. Oh, yes, you did. And I just said, fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> full disclosure, Heidi and I just had... My palms are still sweating because we just had kind of a <laughs> long and interesting technical thing going on. And neither Heidi or I have ever claimed to have any expertise in that area, in the podcasting technical area. And yet here we are coming to you. And what we notice and want to shout, give a shout out to is those people who do know what they're doing technically. Absolutely. Technically speaking. Absolutely. And are... Audio engineers and our video engineers and Ronnie Whaley, our unicorn. Oh, we miss him. We miss him. Hi, Ronnie. How are you, sweet bee? (laughs) (laughs) We're literally texting Ronnie. I can't talk. I'm driving. (laughs) What with the input mic do we, where should it be on the little bar? Oh, God. How dare he leave? Oh, how dare God, he? How dare he want to have a life beyond us? Uh, I'll never forget <laughs> I know, him. it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. Heidi thinks they might get married eventually, so. <laughs> <laughs> One can hope. One can hope. One can One hope. One can hope. Then we'd have to all move to the Philippines. It's going to be a, a whole thing. A whole thing. Did you hear that? I was speaking of, I know when Ronnie, because we... <laughs> Oh, sorry. Because we've missed our segment on what's wrong with Ronnie this week, I'm going to put out there, did you, did you know that Ronnie had COVID again? Yes. 
He got Omicron. <laughs> <laughs> or Omicron, Omicron or whatever. I cannot get that right. I don't know why. <laughs> just say COVID. He got, just well, he say got, COVID. But he got the new variant. That's fine. Just say that. Yeah. You can use those Thank words. You. Thank you. He got the new variant. <laughs> and he sent me a picture. Did he send you a picture? Say he did send me a picture. <laughs> and I have it right here. Just kidding. <laughs> he looked so bad. God bless him. It wasn't. God bless those people that take selfies and they don't care what they look like oh, and they send them, like, you know, here. I can't, I can't do that. No, will this, not. Maybe, maybe. It depends mm, on my, who's receiving it. My uh, Malcolm's girlfriend, Samantha, gave me a, one of those little tiny ring lights that you put on your phone. Mm-hmm. Oh, they work. Those suckers work. I, you, you may be getting selfies, more selfies from me now that I've got a little ring light on my phone. It's cute. Um, Just clip it on. Well, it, does it come with a check mark? <laughs> <laughs> That yeah, is my. I'm getting, I'm getting a little tutorial hats from, off from, to... from, from from Heidi on <laughs> no. texting. Or what? Turns, turns out my texting skills leave leave something to be desired. She thinks that just sending a check mark really <laughs> cl- clarifies it all, clears it all up. If you have any question about anything, just send a check. Just when send she's a check mark. Ask me 27 questions, and I just say <laughs> check. <laughs> Yeah. You'd think that she's like in the emergency room at a hospital. She just should this shit is happening. She is way too busy to deal. Oh, Heidi's texting. I don't want to not get back to her. Check. <laughs> what? I'm on the you front need me lines. in the OR? I'm on, I'm on the front lines. <laughs> I'm very busy. Check. Oh, sorry. Wait, got it. I'm in the middle of making a protein drink. Please check. That's all I got time for. <laughs> exactly. That's what I wanted clarification about. I knew it. I knew it. I knew that's all there was. God. Yeah. But we made it, and here we are. Here we are doing here our thing. Are. And uh, yeah, we got a we got a snowstorm coming here. Did you know? Big old blizzard. It's really unclear here being Jersey or here being then I think the, the whole, East Coast. The whole East Coast. The th- I, what I'm finding a little bit confusing about it is that I hear there's going to be snow, and every day the percentage of snow or rain is go is coming down. Yet there's a storm. Yet it's already snowing. Yet only it starts at seven o'clock tonight, really, and goes to seven o'clock tomorrow night, and it's just going to be really windy. So branches could. I mean, it's just not clear. It's just not. like everything that's going on with COVID. Who knows what's going to happen? It could be nothing. <laughs> it could be something. Just get tested. Maybe it's useful. Maybe, maybe it's, it's not. not. Wear a mask. We don't maybe know. Maybe it's useful. Maybe it's not. Just, just be on the safe side, you know? Right. Yeah. Or don't because there are no do. I'm sorry. No wrong do. message. No do. Come be on, on the Heidi. safe side. Come on. Be on the safe side. Oh my hey, God. Yes. Nelson, did you find a, um, a moment this week where you discovered joy? Why, thank you for asking, Heidi. I found my joy. My pleasure. I found my joy doing something. I'm talking something. about Doug. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we found our joy last night. No, um, I no, found sorry, my Sorry, I went there. You Gross. did it. You no. did it. You opened that door. I didn't need you to tag on it. You I'm didn't not- need to tag. Just be like, yeah, <laughs> let me have be the joke. <laughs> Tagliner. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to move away. Step away from the sex jokes. Okay. I found my joy Thank you. doing something that I've done for years and then 
kind of miraculously, miraculously just sort of stopped doing about a year and a half ago. I talk about doing it all the time. And I finally made a commitment to do it 45 minutes a day, at least five times a week. Heidi L. Haddad, can you guess what I'm doing? 45 minutes to do it. 45 minutes a day, five times a week. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. It's going to be <laughs> crude. Um, 45, I mean, meditating? No. It's something that I suggest oh, you good. do. Because uh, It's something that I suggest heinous. you do. Create a schedule, do it, stick to it. Right. Yes. Writing. Yes. Ding, 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 ding. You get to go on to the bonus yes. round. Honey, El Haddad, you got it right. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. I if it wasn't for. Finally, the- I finally started writing again. What? what I saw what? your hand come out there. I didn't know whose hand it was. I was like, who's touching your shoulder? <laughs> It's creepy. Okay, go on. I finally, finally started found. writing again. I finally started wow. writing again. Congratulations. You're welcome. I mean, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you're welcome later. I don't know. It's possible. I started writing and I wrote, I've written every day, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I've written every day, five days in a row. And I intend to write today. So glad you broke down what every day looked like, <laughs> well, by the way. <laughs> you know, math is not my strong suit. Anyway, and guess what? Turns out I really like it, and turns out I'm pretty darn oh. good at it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is that right? Yeah, I am. I'm good at it. If you do say so yourself. I do say so myself. I do. You know, it's funny because I, I work with writers, and oftentimes writers are the worst judge of their writing, and are always like, oh, I don't know I don't if know it's any good. I don't know what you're good. talking about. Right. I don't know if it's any good, blah, blah, blah. And I Who almost cares always, what I have to say. I oh. almost always really like my own writing, so I still might be a bad. I might be a bad judge of my own writing, just in the other. Don't say direction. that because for those people who come to you for support, if you're, let's just assume that your judgment is on par. I feel like my judgment is on par. Yeah. All right. So fun telling. Uh, yeah. So it's joyful. I've only seen your one woman show and I did enjoy that. Yeah, that's right. And I'm turning my one woman show into a TV show, into an eight part TV series. Awesome. Yeah. Which is. I'd watch it. uh, Right. Thank you. It's a good story. It's a good. Turns out, (laughs) turns out if you have like a really, maybe not the best of childhoods can make for good material. So I'm just, I've been mining that thing for like decades now. So. How about you, Heidi? Did you find some joy this week? And oh, if so, say, did you write for 45 minutes <laughs> did a day you? this week? Did you? Did not. Okay. I did not. Um, not every day, no. Uh, joy. Joy, 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 joy. I am going to Costa Rica <gasps> for in March. And so I'm busy you doing the, you a deep dive. You pulled the trigger. You're, you're actually going. In March. Yeah, I got you. Um, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and want to, um, anyway, so it's, it's fun and exciting to figure it out. And so I talked to various people in my deep dive and which way to go. And, and, uh, are you going so to stay at that $900 a night place? <laughs> totally. <laughs> a gargantuan house. 
Yeah, that's what I need. With a full staff. Or or an Airbnb, one room with an outdoor kitchen shared by others. I mean, it's like almost the same. <laughs> for at first $80 a tomato, night. Tomato, tomato. Come on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that's exciting. I'm excited about that. I'm that's brought so me some excited. joy. Just a plan. Yeah. yeah. Just, so did you buy the tickets? Or you got, you, no. Okay, but that's going to happen. But I do have an Airbnb. You, so oh, when I'm there, I'm oh, situated, okay. but I don't have, I haven't yet bought a ticket to get there, which is, that's on my to-do list I'm, today. I'm really, I'm Tomorrow. excited for you. I'm happy. Mm-hmm. I'm living vicariously. We'll oh, you know what? I'm traveling vicariously. Well, you can come visit me. Well, I'm I mean, definitely. not during March. That doesn't make sense. But yes, <laughs> I hear Leanne you. Like, Mom, hear why, is, why is Nelsie here? <laughs> God, <laughs> I, mean, I won't lie that there are the people that are saying, oh, you're going? And I'm like, come on, come on, get, come with us. One friend said, um, well, maybe if I had more time thinking maybe she just really wants to be with her girlfriend and she doesn't want to come. That doesn't sound appealing to her. I don't know. Anyway, listen, uh, we have a don't guest. We have a, we have we a guest coming have in. a guest. Yes. Um, actually, Ronnie found this guest before he deba- abandoned us. Um, and he's, <laughs> he's pretty fascinating. He's a, um, he's a TikToker. He's a person who creates community. He's kind of fascinating and um, first generation. We'll learn more about it when, when he comes on. And his name is Jorge Alvarez and I can't wait to have him come on and learn a little more about him because... Do we know his pronouns, actually? Well, they better be he, him, because if they're not, we've just been fucking up for a really long time. Um, by we, you mean you? I haven't seen anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, off mic. She did Don't it wrong. drag okay, me down. I'm just saying. <laughs> as far as we know... Jorge is he, him, but I'm sure that they will tell us if we got that wrong. Can you hear Malcolm yelling at the dog? I heard somebody yelling. Every day. Every day, Malcolm's like, why does she bark? I'm like, I'm like, honey, because she's a dog. And it was the, well, we should get a, you should get like a water bottle and spritzer. And I'm like, you know what, honey? That's your project. Good luck with that. Get a water bottle and spritzer. Which is supposed to work with cats. I've never heard it working with dogs, but <clears throat> seems mean to me. So while we're waiting, while we're can waiting. I tell you about my AMA? Oh, please do. No, forget it. I'm not going to because he's here. Oh, he's here. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Do you see how Heidi's hosting? Doing such a good job. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Hi, Jorge. Well, I'm very zoomed Jorge. in on my screen. Can you hear me? How are you? Do- we can hear you. Okay, sorry. It was it was lagging on my end for a second. Perfect. All righty. I'm glad you I'm glad you got this set up. We got it set up. Yes. We're all ready. Yes. Hey Jorge. Mm-hmm. What pronouns do you like to use? He, him. Thank you for asking. We got it right. <laughs> Just kidding. We weren't looking for props for that. But yeah. we, after while while we were pronouning you earlier, we realized that we didn't actually know. Yeah. what yours were. So. No, of yeah. course. I appreciate that. And then we were going to go have to edit and delete. Yeah. Right, right, right. Oh, boy. No, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Jorge. Yes. Ronnie, <laughs> our previous producer, 
who we love and adore found you on TikTok. Mm. And so then, of course, Heidi and I took a little bit of a deep dive. And I, what I want to know is, first of all, where are you in the world? <laughs> um, geographically? Yes. Okay, because yeah. I've been in like no, a... Uh, spiritually, spiritually, where are you in the world? No, I meant geographically. That's what I thought. I was <laughs> Actually, <laughs> both. You know what? Now let's, let's do go both. both. Okay. Let's go both. <laughs> so I'm located over in New Jersey. Um, so that's where I'm at geographically. So I've been here my whole life. That's that's just some context there. And then spiritually, mentally, I graduated December. Um, so undergrad in December at Rutgers University with a degree in public health. And so I'm very much stuck in a state of existentialism right now where everything I do and every way I'm navigating the world, whether it comes to my like, creating, to career, I'm very much overthinking a lot of it. So I've been talking about that all morning and yesterday and since I graduated in December. Well, so I'm going to ask you where you are in New Jersey, if you're comfortable mm -hmm. with saying that, only because I'm in New Jersey. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm in Tom's River. I'm da I'm down the park wave probably from where yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. You are. I'm over in Elmwood Park, so right by Clifton. Oh, yeah. excellent. So and you're a Jersey more. boy. I am. I am. I have been here my oh. whole life. My my mother was my mother was uh, born here. No, born in New York City, and has been here her whole life practically as well. I mean, moving in between, but here most of the time, most of the time. And how about your dad? My dad, he moved straight to Jersey from Cuba when he was four, and he's been here since as well. Yeah. Yeah. Because one of the things you do on TikTok is you talk a lot about um, being first generation. Yes. And 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 through doing that, you've gotten a lot of. I feel like you've created this community, mm -hmm. and also a, a, it seems like um, what I'm seeing is a community of first generation um, Latinx. Is that correct? Yes, that's or correct. Or is it all? No, no, no. I'd say so. The content that has led to where I'm at today. It's like, there's like two, I guess I can split them into two major categories, one or three. So it'd be my journal prompts that I share. And so that attracts just a large audience of everyone. Um, then there's me breaking down how people think. And that usually has a hint of first gen perspective in it, but that generally attracts uh, a variety of people. Um, but I'd still say leaning towards like the Latino community. And then finally, I would say, it's like the very tailored first gen Latino Latinx um, content as well that has kind of fostered the community that I have. So when I create content, it usually speaks to basically either everyone or specific to my community. It's like, that's how I feel like it's kind of set up right now. So what got you into this? Sorry, Nelson, no, jumping in yeah, yeah. with my question. So since I was, okay, first I'm 23. I just turned 23 January 4th. Um, Congratulations. But yeah, since I was 12. Happy birthday. Yeah, yeah. Um, but since I was 12, I've always just enjoyed creating. I'm an only child, and so I feel like I've had a lot of me time just, like, in my room. Um, I mean, I think I was yeah, I was 12 when I was in this room. I moved here around then, too. And so, you know, this space. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've been, I've been stuck. <laughs> I mean, aside from living away for four and a half years. But now I'm back, unfortunately. So... Um, thanks. Since I was twelve, I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed uh, creating content. I remember, like, actually, I was in the basement the other day, and I found like basically the equipment that I used to use to record like my video game content. You know, and I had channels that they still exist. Everything's private because I was twelve, but I would 
I just like always enjoyed the idea of like, you know, it's talking to people. Um, and it's because I've always been very like social and very just like out there. And, you know, that was kind of sheltered going into high school when, you know, the world told me you have to focus on SATs for college. So like anything content related, I just kind of like put away. Um, and then my first year of college, I actually started a YouTube channel and that was focused on investing and again, financial empowerment towards like my community. Cause it's something that I've always been interested in. Um, but I was just so overwhelmed with school. I kind of just like stopped that as well. And finally, you know, as I entered the end of my, what was it? Junior, no, senior year. I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to enter a stage of my life where I'm not going to have a community to foster the conversations that I really enjoy anymore. It's not going to be as accessible. So for me to create those connections, find those friends, build that community, I need to go out of my way to do that. And so I was like, oh, what, what better than to like start on this app, TikTok, that like is doing so well. And I thought about it because I'm like, when I was 12, YouTube was in such, a, in such early state stages that a lot of creators then are now huge, right? So I com- did that comparison and my inner child was like, ooh, it's like another YouTube, like a newer YouTube. And so it was a mixture between like just my passion for content that I just rambled about, but also um, me really looking inward and thinking like, what do I really talk a lot about that I want to help people with? And so I started off with a lot of like pre-med, like being like I painted this photo of I'm a pre-medical student who struggled through school because I'm first gen and because of just other issues. Um, I went from a 1.8 GPA to 3.6. Let's talk about that. And let me help you because there's this always this image of this perfect student. And that worked. And I grew my community to about 3000. And then my first video that went viral was just talking about collectivism. And that's kind of what started me on this trajectory of like, well, collectivism, collectivism. Yeah. Okay. I'll pause Talk to me about that. Yeah. Talk to me about that. In that video, um, so I actually, I'm actually actually pretty good friends with her now. Her name's Andrea. She's another creator. Um, She doesn't post as much because life, but she just made, it was like 10 second TikTok and it was of her like to a sound. And it was like, oh, when you're like excited to be moving out the house um, out of your Latino household. And then like it panned to like her being sad and like the guilt that you feel as a result. And I have done, and this is kind of, I guess, what I was going to get into as well. Since my first year of college, a big part of my life has been my mental health because my first year was so rough that I like, I was like, okay, I need to like, when I finally started to get out of that period, I became very curious. How was rough? What did rough look like? Yeah. Yeah. Let's not jump over that. What did rough look like? No, these are great (laughs) questions. Also remind me of all these questions because I will forget. So keep doing your thing. Um, Rough. So. (laughs) <laughs> yes. <laughs> so my first year of college, this is, I guess, where my journey starts when it comes to mental health. My first year of college, it was really rough in the sense that, you know, when I started school, I was in an abusive relationship from high school. Um, so that was really difficult because, you know, at the time I didn't understand or see it as abusive then, right? Until I started to kind of, in, in those last months of that relationship and that transition that summer before school. And that verbally summer, or physically or both, um, it got physical towards the very end, but it was mm, like, well, that was a, a one-time thing, but it was very verbal and emotional, a lot of manipulation, etc. Um, but that really shaped a lot of who I am today still. And that really like left, you know, very, um, buried scars because it was just very emotionally manipulative and draining. And that, that was basically the catalyst to my anxiety 
where it to where it is today. So I feel like I've looking back, I see I was always I always had anxiety. Um, but there was something that experience that something that I experienced did to me that completely changed how I viewed myself, right? Like the, the value I saw in myself, um, how I navigated the world, my confidence. And so that very much shaped um, how I began to navigate college, right? Because I was so, so, so much I'm going to slow you down again. Mm-hmm. I'm going to slow you down again, Jorge. Yeah. So what you're saying, because I want to make sure I'm getting this right. So what you're saying is that <laughs> this relationship this that you had that was abusive, where you were having a lot of verbal um, abuse and and manipulation that colored how you saw yourself are you saying that when you, once you got out of it you looked back and you and you were like my god how could i have let that happen so was it that was was that the way how you're viewing yourself so so you had all this sort of regret and maybe self-recrimination as a result of looking back and going how could i have let that happen am yes. i am i getting that right i just want to make sure i'm getting it right yes that and again just the things that i didn't notice and so all the way like years later, which is like, um, my therapist helped me with this a lot, understanding and realizing how scenarios I internalized and re- and started to paint this picture of myself saying, I have no value. Like, um, again, my confidence in even how that drew over to classes and like my ability to focus. And if I failed an exam, how that, that theme applied of, well, you have no value. You're, you're not good at things. Like you're not to, to be frank, you're not shit. Right. And so that everything, everything could confirm that negative belief you had. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. I'm going to slow you down. Go, 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 Heidi, go. I was, I don't know where you're going, but I was going to go Mm pre-girlfriend and, um, and obviously feel free to stop Mm -hmm. definitely or not answer anything. I'm curious what your, where your self-esteem was at or your sense of self mm. was at prior to getting involved in this relationship with this person. And at what age did you start the relationship with yeah. her? Wait, we don't know if it was a her. No, it was. I, just, it was. I, think, she, yes. I think, no, okay, he did I'm say just her. Saying, oh, he did? Ah. I missed that. Okay, so <laughs> no, it's okay. Thank you. Active pay listening. T- pay attention um, to the pronouns. God damn it. Okay. So what I would say is where... Okay, so two perspectives. The first being before I knew everything I know today. So where I was then before my relationship. So, you know, entering high school, being a 14-year-old boy, there was a lot of, um, you know, I I struggled with self-image a lot. That was definitely a thing. I can attribute that to how I was raised, you know, cultural cultural norms, um, like the conflict between my mom saying, hey, like, eat more food. You know, I want you to eat. But then when I would gain some weight and she had to buy new school uniform pants, like, fat shaming me and being like, oh, you're making me spend more money, right? Um, so my image and also just how I viewed myself, like my self-esteem was was very low because of that. And, you know, I would always do a lot of comparison. And again, looking back, I, I know I had a lot of anxiety that I just didn't realize I had. And so that all in the years prior to my junior year, which was late junior year of um, high school, which is when I started that, really, I got into that relationship that's kind of where I was at. I was figuring myself out. And actually, um, junior year was the first year that I felt like I started to develop some form of confidence when it came to public speaking, when it came to just a lot of who I am today as well, like ironically. And it's because my now very good friend would then, um, she was like in all these different clubs and she would like recruit me because she saw that I had potential, which is so interesting. And she really helped me. So that's who I was 
then. Um, so interesting because that wasn't how you saw yourself. Exactly, exactly. Like she, right. whenever I ask her, she tells me, "Oh, like you were very clearly a hard worker. You were dedicated to school. You had goals. Like you would always talk about what you wanted to, like what schools you wanted to go to, and you were like a sophomore in high school." And I was like, "I don't really remember that." So yeah, um, and you know, in my school it was a really small school. My class alone was only 50 students. It's a charter school up here in uh, Jersey. So really small school. And so, you know, I feel like there wasn't a lot of like involvement in these clubs and organizations was really low. So that I was also someone who was willing to kind of um, challenge myself because I did recognize then that I struggled with feeling belonging in my friendships. And so I was very open to just trying new things. So, yeah, that's that's very much where I was before the relationship. Yeah. So you so were, to me, it's go ahead, Heidi. <laughs> Sorry, Nelsie. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just going to say that it, it seems when we talk about Nelsie and I've talked about nature versus nurture mm-hmm. in, I don't know, some, we just talk yeah. about it, that, that this is a really, to me, how I hear you talking about it is a really clear connection or divide, or even just two parallel lines of who you were as a person and what your natural abilities mm-hmm. are to be, to, be creative and content and put yourself out there and be assertive and be driven and motivated and all of those things and have that within you. And at the same time, being raised in an environment, and I know it's not just this, but having some, a line at least of a thread, if you will, of not lifting you up in that way where you didn't feel lifted up. And so you did have some anxiety or did have some self-esteem stuff, but, but they were both happening at the same time. And so then through college, you know, so you have this, I believe, and Nelsie and I've kind of talked about this, but I believe that the universe kind of gives you a a message at one point and the message sometimes when you're not getting it in a subtle Mm -hmm. form smacks you in the punches you in the head yes, with it yes. and says, listen, wake up. This is what's yes. happening. Mm-hmm. And so you get involved in this really, I'm simplifying your life in, in two, two, no, two minutes, but, um, but that there's, you get involved in this traumatic abusive relationship mm-hmm. that ultimately catapults you into therapy, catapults you into this place. And even though you were in college, having this, again, this thread of feeling, having a really difficult time your freshman year and feeling insecure and not da, 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 da. You also got into therapy and were exploring and got out of that relationship and, and also, and ultimately shifted your whole reality, took a turn. No, absolutely. Did I say that? Right. So, Yes. Here's here's something I want to ask you, Jorge, because sure. I think it's given that this is what if nothing's wrong, and it's a comedy mental health co- podcast, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> so comedic. Oh, it was so it was so damn funny. <laughs> um, how growing up in a Latino f- family, yeah. How uh, what was the mood around the idea of getting help and getting mental help? Mm-hmm getting Ooh, help for your mental health one. because I think that culturally really that that's probably not necessarily something that mom would say, gee, Jorge, I see that you're struggling. Um, let's see if we can find you a therapist. Yes. So first of all, I love these questions because you're getting a good, you're forcing me to, you're definitely forcing me to slow down and paint a picture of my background before I feel like my more transformative years as you, uh, Heidi, were just kind of working toward um, and so to get to your question, yes, growing up, my mom, so this is where I, I want to recognize one privilege. It's that I had an uncle who was a psychiatrist, um, you know, medical doctor practicing in New York city. 
saw him like once a year because he was like 40 when he was in his residency. He started, you know, med school like 29 or something. Um, so like looking back, I'm like, oh, I'm surprised that my mom still had, you know, all the stigma that she did. Hit her having her favorite brother being a psychiatrist did nothing other than her maybe, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, now sometimes being like, oh, your uncle used to say blah, blah, blah. Um, but going back growing up, it was very much, my mom fostered this like this space of, you know, she calls me Jorge Luis, by the way, my first and middle name together. She would always say, you know, Jorge Luis, like you can speak to me about anything. Like I'm your friend, you know? So like when conversations about sex came up, I would talk to her about that stuff. When conversations about blah, blah, blah came up, like anything. Um, you know, she was very good at fostering that community. She's very much words of affirmation, praising me all the time. I'm an only child. So you could imagine. Um, and so that was always there, <clears throat> very much nurturing, right? Like she she definitely put motherhood as like her primary thing and still does. That we can talk about later is it led to a lot of things that I'm unpacking now. But I have noticed, right, that um, looking back, although she created this safe space between us, it was only between us, right? The idea of asking for help was very taboo. Like she would always, mm. you know, occasionally she talked to her brother about things but my mom didn't really have like a social circle you know again motherhood was her thing and so after Mm -hmm. her nine to five it was what can my son do what can i do for my son so she didn't really have a social circle you know she would sometimes vent to me about stuff going back as far as when i was a kid right like she would vent to me about a lot of things um i definitely became her emotional like support as she was for me at times but when it came to asking for help outside of that relationship it was like, no, 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 like, this is our business. You know, this is something that right. is between us. Yeah, we Man. don't want to air our dirty laundry. We don't want to let anybody know. And we keep it in the family. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yeah. So when you, when you, when you did go to, when you did find your way to a therapist, was it, uh, that was while you were in college? And did you go find them through college? Yeah, yeah. So, um I finally escaped my relationship September of 2017 and I started therapy June 2018 and I started because I actually eight months later entered a new relationship after being my own person for some time uh still with this person it's it's like three and a half years now plus and um she started therapy because she realized she was super anxious about school and that was hard for her because she's Filipino and you know that's also it's very taboo with her too but so I think like having someone like her who also was like navigating this very new space was very much a catalyst for me because if it wasn't for her saying, Hey, you should check this out. I didn't even know caps, you know, the counseling of applied psychology services. Like I didn't even know that existed until she ran it by me. And so that was the catalyst for uh, starting therapy. It was eight months later, new relationship, very much in this phase of life where her and I connected on our like aspirations, our goals, wanting to be doctors, um our like attention to detail and kind of looking inward and like reflection and then her again pitching me the idea of therapy (laughs) hey jorge i know we talked about this before but what do you think about therapy it's really helping me like did she like keep keep sort of bringing it up and nudging you and and right because i think that's the kind of thing sometimes that can be that's a hard thing to do that's a hard thing to navigate yeah yeah Right. Yeah, I definitely I find back? myself doing that with friends all the time now, and I have to pull myself back because therapy has been transformative for me. And I'm like, you know, like every time my friends talking, I'm like, oh, okay, they, they should go to therapy for this. Like sometimes I'm like, 
I, sh- I should refer to them, them to this person. But, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I do my best to kind of pull back. And yeah, we never feel that way. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, um, no, you, exa- you relate exactly. So what was I going with that? Oh, yeah. No, with her, honestly, it was like super, like, basically, it was just like, oh, yeah, I went to therapy today. I was like, oh, you did? She was like, yeah, then you should try it. I'm like, okay. It was just super, like, nonchalant. Like, it was... It was, yeah. yeah it didn't feel That's serious. Cool. I'm not, that doesn't surprise me in this case. I mean, it sounds like you were, you're headed in that direction and you have your MPH and there's just, there seems like there's a, a level of natural insightfulness or interest in self-reflection yes, yes. that you had. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. someone saying th- therapy is like, wait, what? I'll jump yeah. on that bandwagon. Yeah. Well, okay. Here's the thing. Jorge. Mm-hmm. What's, what's um, the thing now? See, here's the thing. I'm curious. Well, I really, what I love about, what I love about Jorge's TikTok is that you're so, well, first of all, TikTok is extremely intimate. Mm-hmm. It's you looking into the, into the camera and it's usually cropped and, you know, you, and because you're really passionate about what you, what you have to say and what you're sharing, um, you're very, you're engaged. You're a communicator. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also really love the fact that you're funny because you talk about, you talk about this sort of, I, I think you, you do a couple of examples of, you know, what it's like to have a conversation with a Latina mother, what it's like, like you, yeah. you have, you, you, you dive into some of the stereotypes that are really quite funny. And I, what I want to know is, does mom check in with the TikTok? And if so, how does she take it? Oh, Lord. This happened very recently. So, yeah. So, my mom has actually followed me from the beginning, which is interesting. Oh. Yes. Um, and, you know, because I and, lived away. And were you happy about that? Or were you thinking, damn it? You know, I was impartial because my mom and I have always had that relationship that I mentioned, right? But sometimes, because now I'm doing a lot of work on boundaries, sometimes I'm like, hmm. I wish I didn't have, you know, these subtle <laughs> feelings of like, damn, I don't want her to see this. Now, granted, mm-hmm, I still post it, but mm-hmm. sometimes I'm like, oh, I wish this yeah, was yeah. just like a me thing, you know, like a me space. But I'm like, oh, here she goes again, probing, like getting into everywhere that I'm at, um, which <laughs> is like, on one hand, she's showing me support. And I admire that. Like from the beginning, she was the first commenter all the time. Right. So it's like a double edged sword sometimes. Um, yeah. Um, cute. But yeah. So my mom, when I... Like one time she mentioned like casually over dinner, she was like, you know, some of the things you share hurts out of nowhere. And I was just like, oh, okay. Um, and it's because like I had a series um, in the summer where I was saying like five things I learned in therapy that I wish I knew earlier or five things I internalized growing up, growing up in a Latino household. And a lot of that was connected to childhood. So I would me- mention childhood. I'd mention, you know, fear of consequence and how that's related to like me getting physically, you know, um, punished. And, you know, Obviously, as a mother watching that, I'm sure she like did her own reflection and was like, "Ah, oh, damn, um, I didn't think about it like that." And she was honest. She said, "Yeah, that's exactly." But how here's it was. the thing, though, Jorge. Yeah. You say obviously watching that, she did some self reflection. That's not necessarily obvious. That is that, true. Let's give your mom some props for that because that there's plenty of parents that would not look and give self reflection. There's plenty of that parents so that would true. go, right? Yes. So you know. She did some self reflection. You're like, right on, mom. Yeah. Right on, mom. Yeah. You know, and um. Because, you know, families also, have broken up for smaller no, that things. Is Sorry, so Heidi, true. go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, no. I just was, I was also struck by, it's interesting for, I mean, this goes the same for anybody 
who is putting themselves out there, whether you're writing a book or on TikTok or Facebook or any sort of social media platform or making music, anything that you're doing as an as a creative person mm-hmm. who's putting yourself out there vulnerably, what is the line? And and that the inner voice is yeah. saying, oh, I don't want so-and-so to read this. I don't want, it's, if it's, especially if it's something autobiographical mm-hmm. or has some autobiographical elements in it. And you want to tell your story because it's your, whatever the story is, yeah. right? You want to speak your truth because it's your truth. And you're not in a vacuum. So your truth is related to people in your yeah. life and you want to be able to do it because you're doing it. But, this, but to have that voice inside of you that says, Oh, but I don't want so-and-so to see it. And, but I have to do it. I have to do it because this is for me. And then what is the line between having, and, and then I was thinking, okay, so there's that piece. And then the second piece is um, having a parent who's supportive and so following you on whatever your thing mm-hmm. is or reading your books or doing that. And at the same time, you know, not doing yes. that because if you don't have the freedom to do your own thing, I don't know. It's a yes. weird, I don't even know what is the line. Yeah. And as a parent, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, oh, okay, when my kid gets older and he's doing whatever he's doing. And I, yeah. I would be a little bit like your mom in that where I'm, of course I'm going to support you mm-hmm. and I'm watching and check, check, check and happy, whatever. Cause it's my kid. And then the other part having to imagining him going, Oh God, I don't want my mom to see yeah. this. Yeah. I have to say yeah. as a person who's a, a writer and writes autobiographically, and I'm really glad that my parents are dead. Um, that's really works for me. And I'm also glad that my kids could not care less about anything I do right. artistically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, they're not interested. So I can say whatever I want about them because they're not listening <laughs> to my podcast. Yeah. Um, okay. Well then, then that's the other side of the continuum. But for those of us who are paying attention to our people in our lives, yeah. <laughs> what is, what, what, what is, is the, the line? line? Yeah. What is no, the line? No, that's a great yeah. question. Take it, Jorge. What's the line? So I do want to comment though, uh, first really quickly on what my last, my last response, which was about, um, you know, my mom doing some reflection. It's interesting because to your point, yes, you're right very much about parents and there are some parents who would not do that. So it was interesting seeing that she was looking inward and sat with that. But it's also like most recently what I put out, that led to an argument, that led to multiple conversations, that led to a lot of stress for the last like, not basically two weeks ago, it was like a week of just like uh, a lot of conversation back and forth. So I can touch on that in a sec. Um, So yeah, it's like sometimes she does the reflection and other times not so much. And that ties yeah. into that line, yeah. right? It's like, I, um, and you have a therapist that's sort of helping you navigate this though too, Jorge. Cause like one of the things you're talking about a lot now is boundaries. Yes. Yes. Which it sounds like that's what's going on is boundaries. So I haven't seen my therapist in a couple of months because he moved and I haven't looked into a new one, but the work that we did really, again, set like stones for me to continue. Um, so I agree. He was a huge support and catalyst for that. But this idea of boundaries really started for me, yes, in therapy, um, more so with my second therapist that started around quarantine or just after, you know, quarantine was lifted here in Jersey. Um, and so that's kind of when it started because, you know, I was like reflecting on living home again after being at school for three years at that point and was like really struggling to kind of navigate that relationship. Um, but quickly abandoned that because then I, you know, came back, went back to college and then coming back home, you know, that conversation was still in my head, but I'm realizing that, you know, as someone, I did like an Enneagram test and I'm a type two, still don't know what, what that means, but 
what I do know it means is that I really center like serving people and value from that or something along those lines. And um, essentially I struggle with boundaries. Like that's something that's like that we struggle with. And also as someone who has for context ADHD, it's really easy for me, at least from what I learned as well to just like, want to always like, I, I feel emotions very intensely. So I always want to support everyone and anyone and I just like be there. And so I very much think about these things. Like, what is my mom, what is my mom going to think? How is she going to feel? But I think what, ironically carries more value for me is recognizing that the community I have was built on vulnerability. It was built on transparency. And like that goes to show one, the need for these conversations, but two along my journey, again, when a lot of the thoughts I've had for the last four and a half years is holy shit. Like I'm looking back and I'm like, that fucked me up. Like, sure. My mom was my biggest fan, but that, you know, kind of messed me up. Like the way that she navigated that conversation or disciplined me in response to this. And so that ties into like why I'm like, you know what? It's important to have these conversations. Am I, do I cringe at what I say sometimes? Do I get a little anxious at sharing my screenshots of my mom's text? Heck yes. Was I scared about what she'd say? Of course. And I was right. And I was right. But the comment section is so validating and reminds me why it's so important for someone, for some of us to share these things and to spark those conversations. Mm. I'm going to just do this. I'm just going to give you yeah. an applause. I know Nelsie would like that. Yeah. So, I'm so happy for you, Jorge. I'm so proud of you. Thank I'm you, inspired you. by you. You know, I love that you said vulnerability because it's so powerful. It's like when we're, when, when you do something that you go, oh shit, yeah. right? was that too much? And you're cringy. <laughs> and then in the comments se- section, you're like, oh, okay, vulnerability, because how do, that creates that connection. And that's what we're all looking for. That is what we are all looking mm-hmm, for. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to say that I'm looking at the clock and I feel like we could probably chat with Jorge for <laughs> You're what? looking for connection. You're looking but for I'm connection looking around the, the time. Um, because here's what I'd like to say, Jorge. First of all, thank you for coming on. And I wish we could talk longer um, and maybe we'll have you back. But what I would like to do is see, do you want to stay on and, and do a little AMA with us? which means ask me anything because Heidi does a Twitter thing and she did Twitter. Do you want to stick with us for while we for sure. talk about other stuff? Yeah, for sure. I'd be happy to. Excellent. Actually, so it's actually a segue. We're segueing to, from into, what we're kind of talking about. Oh, perfect. So I do. So Jorge, I do this AMA on Twitter every mm-hmm. week where I do a prompt yeah. and then people comment and then also people will DM me particular right. questions they have. So last night's Twitter prompt was sadness, anger, and anxiety often deplete your energy supply, which can be exhausting. Mm -hmm. Do you notice the effects on your body? How do you feel when you're happy or content? Okay. Period. And and I don't know, I have to say I rewrote it a couple of times, but the point of it being is that sadness, anger, and anxiety are energy depletion while when you're in joy or giving or love or- Gratitude, mm. excellent, thank you, is it fills you up. Right. Right. And it's oftentimes in my sessions with people where t- when they're feeling depleted in their relationships or de- feeling depleted in their lives, the talk, the conversation we have is about how do you do something that takes care of you? How do you find some joy? How do you do anything that, and also being in gratitude for what is going on right, right. now? No, absolutely. Right. It's take most of the anxiety and the depression and all of that is because you're in your head and you're, tripping about something that happened in the past or tripping about something that's going to happen in the future and you're not present. No, for sure. So um, that was the prompt. 
What'd Does anybody want to say anything about it, or do we just want to hear what other people had to say? Uh, Why don't we hear what? Uh, go, no, go ahead. Horace. No, I was going to say I'd like to hear what someone said, and then I'd love to chime in because I've been thinking about this recently. Okay. One person wrote, "I'm so tired of struggling in everything." This is by at Winnie's Whiskers. I'm so tired of struggling in everything. I'm trying. I take time for myself in the tub now, trying to better my situation in other ways, but it never seems to be enough. I don't know how much longer I can keep up the fight. Mm-hmm. By the way, when someone writes that on Twitter, my alarm bells go off where I think, does that, are you trying to say something Yeah. in a more scary way? And right. this is a serious thing yeah, or yeah. just, so I wrote back struggling saps energy while acceptance of what is replenishes. Taking time for yourself is important. I encourage you to keep focusing on that which is and ways you can create space for self-care. Breathe, put the phone down, enjoy the bath. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah, I think one of the key words on, um, I I think did that this person say struggling and fighting? Both of those things, I think. I'm so tired of struggling in everything, no fighting. So I think that that's, it's such an attitudinal thing, right? If we come right. to the world and we're and we're fighting and we're struggling, then we're going to find people or things to fight and struggle against. And um, if we've come from a place where we were always fighting and struggling, then that becomes the norm, mm-hmm. right? So I, I love that. That's you true. Said, so wait, I want to. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, finish your no, sentence. I love that I you know. said, "Put the phone down and enjoy your bath." You know, like right? be present. Yeah. Right. Be I, whenever I think of struggling, when people talk about that they're struggling in their life to figure something out, I always envision fish, salmon going upstream. Mm. And there's always an opportunity to reframe and shift the way you're thinking about something or holding the space for something so that you're not in opposition to, but embracing what's happening in the moment. That doesn't mean that what's happening in the moment is great and you're signing off on it and you love it, but that just accepting that this is what's happening. Okay. I'm, I've applied to 10 schools and one, the amount of anxiety people are tripping about whether they're going to get into those schools. But let's say they let go of that and then they start getting their rejections and their acceptances and they're getting rejection after rejection and then panic about what am I going to do? What am I going to do? First of all, there's always a solution, right? Those 10 schools obviously are not where you're supposed to be. And, but it's, it's the, don't sit in the angst and the upset and the feelings of failure of you not getting into those 10 schools, pivot to a place of, okay, those 10 schools were not the place I was supposed to be. I'm, where else can I look? Mm-hmm. Where else, what other route can I take to get wherever it is I need to go? Yeah, absolutely. Like breathing into what is happening, the schools thing I know is a hot topic for many a person applying to schools. So I'm I'm not downplaying it, just saying, using it as an example, because we were just talking about school and about how to breathe into what's happening in the moment rather than tripping about what you're not getting. Yeah. And I will also add, Does that make something sense? that resonated, yeah. like, and I've been also reflecting on this recently, has been... Like, you know how our brains crave pattern and stability. It's easy to like our brains to want to lean into that. Um, but, you know, this, the same way that that was designed for survival, sometimes that backfires. And I do feel like I see that with going back to the whole trend of what I talk about within my own family, even, even during experiences that are supposed to be, you know, ones where you unplug, it's really easy for, let's say my mom and even myself to always like find something to, not that we purposely find it obviously but 
it's like we just we find we I notice that we both seek out ways to almost like angst ourselves up. We are almost like, okay, you know, how can I navigate this space? How can I, you know, or a good example is let's say we're going on a vacation and we're just trying to leave the house. It's so easy for us to rather than be like, wow, we're finally doing this to like stress out about every little thing leading up to it, even though there's nothing to worry about, even though everything is lined up, we're leaving early, everything's falling into place. And I'm realizing that even like today when I'm by myself, that same feeling, that same like energy my mom carries, right? It's like whenever she's meant to unplug, she almost instantly finds something either to reflect on that kind of brings that feeling of always stressing out or that feeling of, um, like pressure and that adrenaline. And I think it's really important. I think what I've done and it's like super cliche, I'm sure you've sp- spoken about it enough is like trying to just slow down and note like what, why am I feeling this? Like, what is the source of this? Like, what is this feeling doing for me? I feel like that's been really helpful and I'm trying to do that a lot more because I've noticed that pop up in my own relationships. And when I'm also doing my own, on going on Airbnbs with friends, like that feeling of I'm meant to relax, but I'm feeling angst up and I'm, I'm like, it almost feels like it's something that I don't, I don't notice until I actually sit with it. Um, yeah. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. You know, what's funny about, well, not funny, but when you say, I know this is cliche just to slow down while I don't even know who it's cliche for, because the truth is, is that people, That's we true. constantly need that reminder. Yeah. We constantly need that reminder. I know it seems so obvious. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Obvious. It is. Even on Twitter, when people are writing whatever they're writing, and sometimes I write something that might be in line, like put your phone down and enjoy the bath. It seems so obvious. And yet it's, it serves as a reminder to them. And they're like, right, why am I on my phone? Let me put my phone down and do this. Yeah. And it's, we need those reminders. And, and I was, I was on top of what you were just saying with respect to the training of our brains and what how we see things that um why what was the language you used was it the training i don't remember yeah patterns patterns yeah patterns that the whole concept of retraining your brain is to re start to start a new pattern mm-hmm. to yeah. create something new so if our old pattern which uh, for many people it is our pattern is to be negative or anxious or worried or um fear based then we reframe that to come from a place of I am in gratitude yeah. and staying present with all of that. And, but that it's not, that's not easy. Mm-hmm. It's not easy to be that. So, I mean, constantly in conversations takes a lot of practice yeah. and the practice is what is going to retrain your brain so that when something comes up, you're, you will more habitually fall back on something positive yeah. rather than falling back on the old ways that we learned growing up, Yeah, which is to be judgy. Right. One of the things that I learned fairly recently is that the brain is a problem-solving machine. That's what the brain does. So part of what ha- part of wh- how we are and who we are is a function on on a you know on a really basic level that our brain is trying to find the thing that's wrong so they can fix it exactly. because yeah. way back in the day it was it, it's that's how we were keeping ourselves safe. So so. I, well, like when I heard that, I, I I felt like I could give myself a break almost like, oh, my brain, part of this is my brain's function. Oh, okay. That's interesting. And um, in terms of creating a new pattern, I, um, I've been doing, I know this is not new, but it's been great. 10 things I'm grateful for is the first thing I do every morning and I write it down because there's something about writing it down and taking the time. And it's, I start my day feeling differently. 
You know, I start my day in a space of gratitude and it's hopefully becoming a pattern and a habit, a habit, a habit. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. Yeah. Wait, a habern, a habit pattern, which is a habit pattern. I like that. We could read, let's, let's, let's create that word. Yeah. Create your own dictionary. Let's call, let's call Webster (laughs) right now. (laughs) Dear Webster. So do you have another one, Heidi? Yeah, I do. Um, CH3F boy wrote, being happy is even more draining. It comes with the anxiety <laughs> of how low will my depression take me once the happiness levels off? Oh, shit. Content is better because content, ju- no, con- not content, content is better because content Content just means blah. Oh, God, what's their name? I want to call them and just, I just want to rock them in my arms and sing them a lullaby. Wow. Happiness is worse. <laughs> Because you're waiting for the other well, shoe to drop, basically. I mean, yeah. I mean, yes. And I don't know if this person is talking about having is bipolar, for example. Oh. So if they are bipolar, then I can appreciate that that yeah. the person's really high and then knows that when that high is over, they're gonna Boom. fall hard. Yeah. So, or it could be just fear of the other shoe dropping. I'm, again, with the Twitter. It's very open-ended. I don't, I'm not clear. I don't have context. Um, What'd you say, Heidi? I wrote, if the highs are too low and lead to low lows, I imagine you've sought medical and psychotherapeutic help to support you. And if it's not like that, then I encourage you to be present with whatever emotion you're having and ride that wave knowing everything is temporary. Right on, sister. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, very much. Thank you very much, you guys. Uh, so someone else wrote, Jay Lestos wrote, or at Jay Lestos wrote, it gets better eventually, right? Been working with a therapist for about two months and the amount of work I'm putting in to retrain myself is so tiring. I don't remember what it's like to feel happy or content. <laughs> Whoa. I mean, it's so true, right? But good for her, this person. That is very relatable. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. sometimes I feel like I'm learning so much and I'm like, wow, I'm so enlightened. And then I go home and I'm like, okay, I just need to like be a potato for the next week. And I forget to apply any of what I learned because it's just, it can be a lot sometimes. And also I feel like sometimes we don't even know, like I had a therapist who was really helping, really helpful in, you know, helping me understand how to cope. But then when it came to kind of, you know, my end with everything else going on, it felt like another responsibility, like another to-do item on a oh, list. another thing on the to-do yep. list. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh totally. boy, I I, re- I relate. I relate. I relate I, to that too. When I started <laughs> meditating, like I and quite a while ago, I started. I did TM, and um, at first it was great, and then it just was another thing on my to do list, and it was like I have to fucking meditate. I don't have time to meditate. I mean, it was just <laughs> like, uh, or I'd be in the middle of. The I medita- get that a lot. I get that a lot from people who are too. They're just like, oh, I gave it two minutes. And that's the most I could do. I don't have time. It's exhausting. Right. Meditate becomes like flossing. Oh my God. Yeah. But also here's the thing yeah. is that any of this stuff, which we've already acknowledged is a practice. And if we understand yeah. the word practice, yeah. we also understand that it takes doing something over and over and over and over again. Yeah. And whether that re- repetition is every minute or it's once a day, or once a week, it still needs to be done. Obviously, the more, just like I, I, this is my analogy always is um, music. 
if you're learning to play an instrument, you don't just pick up the guitar or the violin and play once and then practice again a month later and say, I don't know why I'm not getting better at this. <laughs> I mean, eventually it'll work. It'll make an impact, but it's definitely going to yeah. be slow moving. So how fast do you want it to go? And also, I rec- as I say that, I'm not saying it's on you to be more diligent and practice 24 hours a day. It's just more be kind to yourself. Yeah. And when you notice that you're thinking a certain way or doing a certain thing or whatever that in a way that you want to change, then, then you can make that change in the moment for that moment in practice. Sometimes yeah. you don't even notice you're doing it. Yeah. You don't remember to breathe and slow down. And I will also Absolutely. say I- that I feel like there's this idea of in showing yourself grace, which is what you were just saying, right? Be kind to yourself, showing yourself grace. I feel like that's something that we don't practice enough of. Um, like this, no. you know, and to your point earlier, now see, it's important that when you do like 10 things you're grateful for, like, what are you grateful for about yourself? Um, which I've been doing right. recently, right? I've been like, okay, what are three things I did today that I'm proud of myself for and grateful for? But also um, something else I wanted to touch on there was like, we always have this idea that we need to do things to completion. And a lot of us are perfectionists and that's a big reason why, but it's always like that mindset of like, you're, it's all or nothing. And recently um, I've been actually working with a, uh, a digital wellness slash habit coach and her specialty is like really working on like a very action oriented like what are habits you want to do what's the science behind habits let's break them down into like baby steps and something she's made me do a lot of times which has helped especially because i have adhd is um let's like work on a starter step right now while you're in the call and the starter step is like literally writing down what's something that you can do right now in your space to make that habit more doable or accessible or prompt you then she'll say, set a really low expectation. Like, tell yourself, I'm going to meditate for one minute each day. So not, I'm going to complete Headspace's 10-minute meditation, or I'm going to do this or do that. But just, like, setting really low expectations so that, you know, you essentially so you can, can take succeed. the baby steps and work up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I say that, That's too. like what we do with kids. Um, yeah. No, go, I, go I, I, I've been told that by friends of mine who are child, like, psychotherapists and psychiatrists. Right. Give them something that they don't give a book, give a kid a book that they can read well, but give them a, give them a book they can read and understand. Right. Well, and, and taking it to the adults, uh, when I have a client or a writing client, I say, don't, you know, create a schedule that's doable. Don't say, I'm going to write every day. I'm going to get up at six and write for three hours every day. No, don't do, you know, Make it doable. What does that doable look like for you? Right. And that's different for everybody. For some one. people, it's five minutes. For mm-hmm. some people, it's 20 minutes, whatever. And if you say you're going to write for 20 minutes five times a week, and then you only write for tw- twice, then just go, hey, I wrote twice. I, you know, celebrate what you do do because otherwise we're just, we're just getting in our own way, mm-hmm. you know? And I loved what you said about Grace, um, Jorge about being kind to ourselves, you know? Can we have the kindness? Can we be as nice to ourselves as we are to maybe even, you know, strangers on the street? I mean, yeah. assuming you're nice to strangers on the street. But um, yeah, do we got, I think we have time for one more, Heidi. I think I'll, I'm gonna end on a positive one then. Okay, fabulous. At A-G-F-A Lupe, L-U-P-E, when I feel happy or content, it's like listening to a great song, like riding that wave. You don't have to exert any energy. You just absorb all, absorb all of it, letting it power you forward. Frictionless, but not weightless, completely grounded and aware, but not heavy. 
Oh, that was gorgeous. It was nice. Who yeah. was that again, Heidi? Formerly Al Wyatt at A-G-F-A-L-U-P-E. Okay. I dug that. Agfalupe. Agfalupe. I also love that because that was... that's a strategy I've actually been taught. They were like, um, my coach was once, they were like, okay, why don't we build positive habits around when you're not feeling great? Like, what do you do then? And uh, essentially ways to cope. But one of the things was literally just envision us. Like, she was like, what's your favorite song? What it, first she started, what's a feeling you want to feel? So let's say free. Then she was like, what's a song that helps you feel free? And I mentioned said song. And she's like, when you feel free, what else do you feel? And I'm like, content, happy, joy, like excited. And then she was like, whenever you feel like you need a boost, just envision that song or play it, hum it. Like, because that is what that feeling is captured by. So why not like use that and implement that in your day to day? And I was like, oh, wow, that's really true. So now I've been trying to reflect on like, I'm not, if I'm like, you know, entering a rut, I'm like, you know what? Let me play that song or let me just like visualize. What's the song, Jorge? I want to know um, the song. It's, it's Mind's Eye. Mind's Eye Bye. by Jordan um, Rakai, I believe. Jordan Rakai, R-A-K-E-I. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to check it out. Yeah. Mind's Eye by Jordan so Rakai. Can I so, summate? What please, I've learned here summate. is that, not what I've learned, but what I'm hearing here is just reminded. That's what I want to say. I'm reminded that all of these tools that we, all three of us have learned in various aspects mm -hmm. of our lives with coaches or therapists or people or books, papa, all of it comes back to slow down, be in gratitude, be in grace. And when you're feeling anything other than joy in a moment, how can you bring some joy into it? And it, and it all comes back to slowing down to remember like, oh, there's a song that, that, that makes me feel good. I'm going to turn that song on or writing my in my gratitude journal makes me feel good and fills me up. And we're all so busy doing what we do in our lives and focusing on whatever we're for our jobs, our relationships, our kids, our blah, 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 all the stuff. And we, or our physical health for that matter, we don't more often than not live in this, as I always call it, like a Buddha, state of yeah, Buddhism, yeah. you know, just of this quiet reflective space where you have room to say, huh, oh, my song, let me play my song. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. It just doesn't, yeah. you know, it takes a, there are just so many ways to remember, but either way it's to slow down, be in gratitude, be in grace and be kind to yourselves. And ask yourself. That's all we have time for, everybody. Good night. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> Tip your weight, staff. <laughs> it's not where I was going with that. I was on a I was on a show. I was on a talk show. Oh, nice. Nice. Good. And next yeah. week. Um and Good and night, ask, everybody. And ask yourself. Maybe I the was question, on stage. I don't know. And ask yourself the question, what if nothing's wrong? <laughs> what if nothing's wrong? Thanks so much, Jorge, for Thank coming. Thank you so much. Yes, I really this appreciate the questions and the space to speak about this. Thank you. Yeah. And I want to say Pleasure. one last thing to Jorge. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you're amazing and you're right on schedule. Thank and you. I just want you to yeah. just, because I see that you're, you know, f for whatever reason, it seems like you've come into this lifetime with a lot mm. and with a mission. Mm -hmm. And I see your heart and I see your joy and I, I just want to reflect back that you are, and I guess because I'm 
65 and you're 24. She's going to start crying. I want to remind you (laughs) that you're right on schedule and life is long. And you also started really early on a quest of Mm self-discovery and self-recovery. So you're, you're fucking doing great, you know, and I hope that doesn't sound condescending. I didn't want it to be because you know, that for whatever reason you got on this, you got on this, I'm going to figure this out and I'm going to find a way to be happy and I'm going to share what I'm learning. And you got on that really early. So that is just so awesome. And I just want to reflect that back to you. And I will say one more thank you, but particularly because again, I've been at this, this state of existentialism where I'm just thinking a lot about how content related, because this is where, how you found me, how do I come off? Like, do people see where I'm coming from? Do people understand that I'm like, I care about this, that I'm authentic when I like, you know, make whatever. So I'm glad that you mentioned um, that you noticed that because that's literally all I hope people take away. If that's the one thing that they take away. So thank you. I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. 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 And you just, you know, you're very heart centered and it's, it shows in your, in your, it's like, if I listen, if I watched your TikTok with the sound off, <laughs> I'd still be drawn in. I because of that. because your essence is there and so trust that i appreciate yeah. that so much thank you both so much this means this means the world i really it's really an honor to be here and i'm excited to continue to have these conversations with new faces excellent ah, thanks jorge yes, thanks jorge Alrighty, have a good one all right thanks you too Bye-bye. bye that was fun it was. He Am was I stopping? Lovely. I think that we have our little, now we say, um, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. <sighs> he's adorable. He was adorable, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's adorable. I just loved him. Yeah. You know? So rate, review, and subscribe. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Tell your friends. Tell you. That should be our next song. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the song is. Go ahead and take it from there. You're the song. Tell your You're friends, the songy. tell your enemies, tell your frenemies as well. <laughs> Call them up and tell them, hey, what if nothing's wrong is swell? Okay. Ah, there you go. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. All right. Go see you next week. Bye. Bye. When you ought to talk, a father doesn't recognize you. Find your joy. Like stripping